everyone, and welcome to the Filmcast, a podcast about movies. I'm David Chen, and that's not how you're supposed to use a fluorescent light bulb. Joining me today is Devendra Hardwar. I'm I'm not sure about this Austin Powers reboot, guys. Seems a little rough. <laughs> and Jeff Kanata. I'm doing the entire podcast inside a William Shatner mask. Wow, wow. deep cut there. Deep cut there, Jeff. Those are, of course, all references to the fact that we're going to be reviewing Halloween Kills today on the podcast. Before that, we got some what we've been watching and a, a, a brief bit of film news I'm going to mention to you guys that I think is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, it's, it's news that Devendra texted me this weekend, so we'll talk a little bit about that. You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash filmpodcast is the way to do that. And use hashtag slash tag if you want to recommend stuff for us to watch. Uh, so the uh, bit of film news this week, I, I wanted to mention a couple of things that happened at the box office this weekend. And that the first thing is that Halloween Kills did extremely well. It made over $50 killed. million. Dollars. Killed. Yeah, it killed. It killed. Uh, it made over people want dollars. to see a man slowly walking and murdering everybody. It's amazing. You really want to pay for that. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, they also had the opportunity to watch it on Peacock, but they did not do that. Uh, <laughs> Take that, Peacock. Paid, you could have paid a, a $5 fee to watch it on Peacock for a month. Yeah. Uh, and people or. were like, nope, not doing that. Got to go see this movie in theater. Now, to be fair, to, we have not talked about our opinions about Halloween Kills yet, but to the extent that that movie is any good, I do think that watching it in a theater is part of the pleasure of watching. That, that would movie. be the best way to watch. Oh it. yeah, any yeah. any yeah. horror film, right? The mm-hmm. yes. the draw is to uh, is to experience it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless and, it's and, a bad one. Unless it's a bad. And one. it adds to the horror that you're actually risking your life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as I indicated in previous episodes, I think it might have been an after dark, might not have been the main show, but I, I do think that if you're vaccinated, if you're wearing like an N95 mask, and the theater yeah. is sparsely attended, it's yeah. a fairly yeah. safe. I agree. To do at this yeah. point, yeah, we are not um, scientists. Yes, I mean, it, but yes, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily. Yeah, we're not scientists. This is not public. This is not official health advice or anything like that. But it feels pretty safe to me. It's it's kind of where I'm at mentally right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but like, I mean, that's kind ba- of based on the things it. I have read from people who are actually experts in, yes. in disease and everything. Uh, a lot of them are going out and doing stuff, but just being very safe about it. So that's that's the key. Please be safe. Yep. So uh, that's that's uh, Halloween Kills, which is number one of the box office weekend. Uh, and it made uh, over fifty million dollars, which is just really imp- it would have been impressive even in non-COVID sure. times. Yeah, and so pretty much guarantees it, another one. I mean, uh, you know it, that's kind of already locked yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, they have a title of, and everything, man. They already the script. I think they've already made it, or it's already. Oh, really? yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's already in the can, but like I think that this was originally pitched as a trilogy, basically. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Also, by the way, uh, a lot of people messaged me last week uh, to give me a lot of crap about the fact that. I implied that this new sequence of Halloween movies was a sequel to yeah. the second it's okay. Halloween film. That's why I asked. But you know, uh, it's, it's confusing. Not. It's, it, it is a the the last Halloween movie, which is also called Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> was a sequel to the original Halloween. Uh, Halloween, and then no, this one is a sequel. This Halloween kills a sequel to that movie. How dare yeah. you be confused by that? Yeah, how dare I, you be confused by the Rob Zombie timeline and the timeline of Season of the Witch, which is in which Halloween exists as a movie? You know? Yeah. It's yeah. it's clearly your fault, Dave. It, it, it's 100% my fault. I mean, what's fascinating is the canon has spiraled off in so many different directions. There's basically like multiple canon or can I, as I believe the term can is called. I? I, think it's, I think it's cannoli. 
Um, if you say so. So <laughs> I think that that so the Halloween Kills theoretically is the third film canonically in the Halloween yes. fr- like in this in, in the prime story time, line. the prime timeline. Yeah, yeah, in the in in Halloween prime timeline. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks to all those people who. Uh, <laughs> the, the the many people who messaged me to give me a hard time about that um it is not my fault okay the other thing i wanted to mention in terms of uh box office is uh it made me very sad to see that the last duel which opened in 3065 theaters this past weekend it's a lot made only five million dollars whoa yeah. honestly i i didn't even realize that movie was opening you know, I've seen the trailers and everything. I did not know when it was actually landing. So everybody yeah. was in the Halloween theater across the hall. I am not joking. So I uh, I do these Twitter spaces on Sunday mornings with Scott Mendelson from Forbes.com. We talk about the top five movies at the box office. And he's very he's very sad about this one because mm-hmm. this is a movie that is directed by Ridley Scott, super talented guy. Yeah. Uh, and it has big stars, very talented actors in it. Um, ben mm-hmm. Affleck, Matt Damon, Adam Driver. Uh, it's, it's really Scott in historical epic mode, which we know he does usually well, you know? So, yeah, I was interested. Uh, yeah, Jodie Comer is in it as well, and mm-hmm. she's awesome. Uh, and it's it's a medieval epic. It's not a superhero film. You know, there's all mm-hmm. these things about... It's, it is an adult-skewing drama. It cost over $100 million to make. These are the types yeah. of movies we should want to support in theaters. For sure. Look at those and, haircuts. Beautiful people wearing bad haircuts. You know, that's uh, that's commitment. <laughs> yeah, but there's a filmmaking. guy in a mask chopping people up. <laughs> <laughs> right across the hall. Yeah. I'm not joking, guys. Oh, the same guys. price. I, yeah. I, I am not joking that I literally did this Twitter space with Scott Mendelson on Sunday morning. And then after hearing him talk about, like, talk so passionately about, like, why... Uh, it's a it's a tragedy that these movies are not seen more often. Mm-hmm. I literally after that just left my house and went to go see it <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> you were like, I'm not going to be a part of this problem. Five million yeah. and twelve. <laughs> yeah, that's a hundred. That's right. Twelve of my dollars are in part of that five million dollar count, and I I think I um there's a couple of reasons for it. Like first of all, I was interested to see it, but also yeah, like yeah. this could be the last big budget Duel? Ridley Scott movie we see in theaters. This could be you the know? last Ridley Scott movie. Guys. Yes, like, period. It, the it's end. It's rough. It's period rough. The end. So yeah, and Devendra, yeah. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be, I there, be there in theaters for the for one yep. of the last releases. The dude Absolutely. is eighty four years old. Yep, and he's, he's still he's cranking still, the movies out and still working. Listen, and, I was there in the theaters for Kingdom of Heaven. I was there. I was like, guys, there is a good movie in here. And then they released the the director's cut, which is incredible. And so, you're yeah, like, that's I a love, good movie. That's that's a good, that's movie. A good thing actually. But yeah, it is. Uh, I I want to be there for at least Scott, at least for this one. Uh, so yeah, I was like, I- I'm not going to be part of this problem. I'm going to be part of the solution, and uh, and it, very likely, you know, like this, it's going to be hard to see these kinds of movies in theaters. Period. The end. Right. Like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. this movie was made by Fox pre Disney acquisition. Disney would never make this movie today. Right. Like in in an alternate universe um, where Ridley Scott pitched them, hey, hey, I want to make a movie under the Fox banner. This movie would never happen. This is a mm-hmm. kind of a relic of the old era. And it probably it, would it, never happen because it made five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also on on that note, right? Like, I don't know if you're are, are you aware of what the plot of the movie is, Jeff? Ah, uh, loosely, it does feel like a bummer. I, I, I need to. Yeah. I mean, I I will need to. Mm-hmm. 
I understand it takes place from multiple different perspectives. Correct. I, I will give some very basic details of, of it away because we're going to transition smoothly into what we've been watching now. So uh, that, that's going to the box office news. Halloween Kills doing really well, like really encouraging uh, for, for the box office. Last Duel um, doing really poorly, very discouraging for yeah. the future of the box office and movies. You know what's funny, um, though? The movies that tend to be doing well in theaters right now, like I think the No Time to Die did pretty well, too. It's all the ones with the titles telling you, this is death, don't go to the theater. <laughs> and everybody's like, yes, I will do that. <laughs> to be fair, to, to, to be fair, I actually think No Time to Die is like not doing that well in the United States. Um, it's doing okay worldwide. It's, it's, it's really well internationally. Yeah, it's, yeah. O- it's almost cracked 500 million worldwide and... Yeah. Apparently, it needs to make around eight hundred million to make yeah. a profit yeah. worldwide. Otherwise, it's a failure. Know. Apparently, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be fine. Um, but I was also reflecting, like, wow, it's interesting that uh, at one point, No Time to Die almost went streaming. Basically, the people in charge of it were like, "Give us six hundred million dollars to stream No Time to Die," and yeah. every single studio, uh, you know, Apple, Prime Video, <laughs> Netflix, were like, "No, we're not. That's that is." An outrageous, outlandish sum. Um, for Scott now, Mendelson for said now. it's like Vin Diesel asking for twenty-seven million dollars to do the second Fast and Furious movie. Uh, <laughs> either, either they're going to say no, or you're going to have twenty-seven million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think No Time Dies is actually only doing okay, but it's, uh, mm-hmm. but, but you're right that they, it's weird that uh, many of these movie titles have death, kill, die, whatever in the title. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, can't wait for the film "Come and Get Me, You Fucking Virus" to really <laughs> crack the charts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, <laughs> what we've been watching? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Last Duel. I'm gonna have to give away a little bit of the premise. You already know a little bit about it, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start by saying I love this movie. I think this movie. Great. I'm so great. excited to see it. Awesome. I really, like yeah. I am a I'm a big fan. The movie's two and a half hours long, so I just want to put that out there. If you want to go see it, evidently but, every movie is now. <laughs> It's true. It's true. But in terms of delivering me a uh, sort of thrilling, vast scale adult entertainment, like this movie completely delivered on that front. uh, I felt like it was totally worth the $12 I spent. It looks like a a movie. It looks like a capital M movie on the big screen. uh, And all the performances are amazing. Uh, It's it's a Rashomon-like story that's basically a Me Too story. Mm-hmm. transplanted into the medieval era. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people have been making fun of a lot of uh, haircuts in this movie. Like, <laughs> Matt Damon has a mullet. Um, uh, ben Affleck. The worst mullet I have ever seen. Not just <laughs> a mullet. Okay? Uh, it is tremendously ugly. Um, it is horrific. Ben Affleck is in this movie. Uh, he, he has dyed his entire head blonde <laughs> and his goatee blonde. He's all blonde. Yeah. And... Uh, that stuff is all completely intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Because the, the really the fact of the story is that um, you know Jodie Comer in this movie plays the uh, the, the woman who has been wronged, and uh, she has her choice of shitty men or shittier men, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. really what this yeah. story is about. Um, it's it's that, actually like character building haircuts, as I hear. A hundred percent. Sure. I don't. I, I'm like watching. Like, I'm reading these reviews, you know. Let me just say, for starters, like, if you didn't like the movie or if you thought the movie handled the Me Too themes poorly, I think that's completely a legitimate, valid viewpoint. So I'm not saying, like, you have to like this movie. But there are so many critiques of, like, 
the haircuts or the fact that it's told Rashomon style, which I think actually adds quite a bit to the movie Mm -hmm. um, to see it from these different perspectives. Part of the point of the movie is you're viewing it from these different perspectives. And people are like, why did they do it that way? Those stories are completely pointless to the final outcome. I'm like, I don't agree at all. I thought the way the story is told, I thought uh, the way it's structured is all feels the, the haircuts, the setting. I thought it all felt extremely intentional and, I thought it was just overall like a really uh, just an amazing film going experience. I can't like without diving into the plot details, which I'm not going to do right now. I can't really speak to how effectively it handles the themes, my opinion of it, but just as a piece of entertainment, I thought it was very, very well done. My understanding is that uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote all of the scenes from the characters they play's perspective. That is my understanding as well. Nicole Holof Center wrote Mm -hmm. all of the stuff from the, woman's perspective yes uh, which i think is a really kind of interesting way to go about that yeah um i I, for for reasons i can't get into i'll just say like i kind of question whether it's that it was that clean because like the stories are so interconnected and like they use like they reuse scenes from each other's stories you know what i'm saying so like right well i don't think it was like you know blindfolded uh, (laughs) this was not a uh it was a collaboration rise of skywalker situation or anything (laughs) yes Uh, yes they clearly collaborated on but yeah i so I'm, i'm curious like how independently they actually wrote them but i do think each of the three stories serves a purpose and they're each told well and i was just uh, I, I was gripped. I was just like, I thought this was a really, really uh, amazing piece of work and I would recommend it. And it makes me really sad that it didn't do very well. So I'm also going to tell you this. You know what? If it was a prestige TV show, it would have done gangbusters. That's what a lot of people have been saying. I, 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 I've been talking yeah. to some people about this and they're like, yeah, if this had been on streaming, you know, imagine <laughs> if this had been like a Netflix thing or whatever, or a, HBO a three Max. three hour whatever. limited series, which is basically yeah. a Ridley Scott director's cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but guys, this is when we say like we value the film going experience. Like this is the kind of movie I think people want to see. Now you've already indicated like the themes are very heavy, and I agree. I think uh, probably people didn't want to go see like if you go to if you're going to a movie theater at all, mm-hmm. you probably want sort of something more mindless, right? Something more escapist, um, something like Halloween Kills or No Time to Die or Venom. You know, like that's probably what you're yeah. looking for, not a kind of heavy me too story again i'm just completely speculating but maybe maybe that's part of why i think there's a lot you know. going on here like i i've seen the trailers for this movie too and like i really want to be into this but also it, it does feel like it's being sold as a bummer and also everybody looks ridiculous like there's so many things working <laughs> against it yeah where like only only true ridley scott fans the people who know the kingdom of heaven director's cut is one of his best movies those people will be there in line for this but i don't know about anybody five else. million dollars worth of people yeah yeah huge bummer uh i'm gonna tell you this story though guys so i uh i found out this movie was playing at a low like a theater right down the street from me and i don't usually go to this theater because the the theater itself is not the most modern you know like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, i'll give you an example in one of the theaters or maybe two of the theaters the projector is in the theater itself Oh, so boy. if you sit so you too close it. to the guy, uh. the guy sitting there smoking a cigarette, <laughs> uh, so if you start sit, the movie when you all get seated. If you <laughs> sit too close to it, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you sit too close, it's a digital projector, but it's loud and it puts out a yeah, lot of noise yeah. and heat. So if yeah. you sit too close to it, it, it's very, it's kind of distracting. Hey, that's great. So anyway, I don't man. usually go to this. Free heat. Yeah. Extra yeah, heat. Yeah. Free heat. 
I don't usually go to this theater, but uh, it's convenient to go to mm-hmm. it because it's so close. Mm-hmm. So I did the my popcorn Twitter machine is also in, located inside the theater. <laughs> Please do, ignore the sound of popping popcorn. Yeah, do you have to do that during in the, the second act? <laughs> you, you could easily pop it outside and just bring it in. No, the only plug for it is in the theater. There's only the, this is where the only outlets are. We got to plug it in right here. <laughs> are you? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but uh, are you done, Jeff? Can I, can, can it's I funny, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I think I dig what you're doing. I'm just like, can I can I proceed? <laughs> it's 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 only funny when I get to interrupt you. I see. I, uh, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense. Okay. So anyway, uh, so thank you. See- no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so as I mentioned, I was doing this Twitter space with Scott. I I leave the house. I bike to this theater because my wife's using our car that day. Bike to the theater. I rush inside. I enter the theater about five minutes late because I'm thinking there's going to be 25 minutes of trailers sure, like there sure. are at an AMC, right? But this is not an AMC. Yeah. And I wander into the theater <laughs> and I find that a scene from the climactic duel in the title is playing on the screen. And I sit down. I'm like, what the f- What is happening right now? And I'm just like thinking to myself, I'm doing all the math. I'm like, did I come in at the right time? Did, maybe I caught the tail end of the previous screening. You yeah. know, that is what I thought. Yeah. And yeah. then I realized it's uh, 11 a.m. and there was no previous screening. <laughs> <laughs> and what has what had happened was yeah. uh, like We're warming uh, <laughs> up the projector. That's how we do it. Extreme <laughs> relief when the words "the last duel" flashed right. on screen. As the opening of the film, uh, basically they play the last, uh, the 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 climactic last duel in the title uh, as the opening of the film. Oh, that's right, cool, right. interesting. Uh, and actually, they they put the scene online, so actually, I could what I could do is go on YouTube after I watch the movie, see the ninety seconds of the movie I missed, which is what happened. But mm-hmm. here's the moral of the story: movies should not tell stories out of order. That's kind of what I'm, <laughs> where I land. That's on. Did I ever tell no. you guys the story of of, what, of how I saw the Crying Game? Oh, uh, oh boy! No, no you did I not. You guys know the crying this. game, right? We know the yeah. crying game, Jeff. Yeah. Tread carefully here. Uh, th- so the the tread carefully. He says <laughs> there is a uh, a pretty big spoiler in the in the in the cry- crying game. Yes. Uh, toward the yeah. end. Yes. Uh, one might even say a twist. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to see the crying game with friend, and uh, we were running a little late. And we went into the theater. It was dark. We found our seats. This is, by the way, whatever year the crying game came out, 94, 95, whatever it was, 92, 93, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So no assigned seats. We just go in, we, you know, find some place to sit. We watch it. And then half an hour later, the movie ends. (laughs) So... So we what, what, accidentally what we accidentally walked into the wrong room, the oh. wrong theater, and watched the last half an hour of the Crying Game without any context for the first hour and a half of the Crying Game. Yeah. Incredible! I, I got a I got a bunch of stories like this when I tweeted about this experience. By the way, um, Anil Jacob Kunal tweeted at me the first time I saw Godfather Part Two. I accidentally started with the second DVD. <laughs> and I thought it was a very unusual but brave way to start a movie. Didn't realize what was wrong until the end credits appeared after 100 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, ama- it, uh, it's amazing that you can <laughs> be in it inside that experience and still be just like certain that you're watching the movie correctly. 
you know, and like just trying to figure this. Like, I'm 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 doing the work, movie. How, what? Okay, what are we doing? What are we telling me? What? What's? What did I? What? What am I not getting out of this? And then a half hour later, the movie ends, and you're like, oh, I missed the first two acts of the movie. <laughs> this movie is so avant garde. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you're I'm just you're just trying so hard. You're like, wow, this movie's really, you know, yeah. leaving a lot up to the. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the real lesson from this story is movie theaters should tell you, okay, we're actually, the movie's going to start 20 minutes in the movie's going to start yeah. on time. Like give me, give me that warning because oh, I totally. also randomly, there are some theaters around here in Georgia where they don't show any trailers and it's just like, boom, straight into the movie or they show one. Um, or if I go to an AMC, then it's like the usual 20 to 25 minutes, but it's hard to tell, you know? So my yeah. dream would be, on the little digital readout that they yeah. have in multiplexes, mm. they literally showed you like a countdown timer uh, to when the movie, the actual movie is going to start. It, sh- it should be like a plane ticket, though. It should be like, OK, you're you're boarding now. Right. But the <laughs> yes. movie's actually departing 25 minutes <laughs> right. later. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's one thing I've been watching this week. It's called The Last Duel. It's out in theaters right now. Go see it. Go see it. Hey, it's time for me to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor, The Prisoner Wine Company. I love wine. Can I tell you uh, the new little tradition that my wife... It's not new. <laughs> it's not new. My wife and I love cracking open a bottle of wine, sitting down and watching a movie or a, a prestige TV show and just sipping wine, enjoying it, relaxing. And lately, we've been turning to The Prisoner Wine Company because the experience has been so lovely. The wine is delicious. The artwork on the label is awesome. The bottle, everything just feels cool. And when wine is like a fine art, and when you're enjoying fine art, like movies and TV shows and stuff, you want to have wine that feels like a fine art. It can be good. It can be bad. And every once in a while, it can be truly transcendent. That's right. The Prisoner Wine Company. They insist on doing things differently. Like 20 years ago, when they decided to combine some of California's best and most unusual grape varieties to make a bold and complex blend, also known as their namesake wine, the Prisoner Red Blend. From the shape and weight of the bottle to the label featuring Francisco Goya's artwork, every detail is striking and memorable. And the wine... Smooth, rich, and approachable. And now the Prisoner Wine Company will ship all of their rule-bending blends, like the Prisoner Red Blend, the Prisoner Chardonnay, and Thorn Merlot directly to your door. My wife and I have been loving the Prisoner Red Blend. We actually just gifted one to our new neighbors uh, as a show of appreciation for them. You only want to do that with a wine you know are going to knock their socks off. The Prisoner is one of Napa Valley's most recognized red blends, and the Prisoner Wine Company has been featured in Wine Spectator, Forbes, and Food & Wine. You've got to experience these wines for yourself. Try one bottle, and you will taste and see that the Prisoner Wine Company is good. Go to theprisonerwine.com slash filmcast for 20% off plus shipping included on your first purchase. Get it in time for the holidays. This is the best deal they have available. 
Get 20% off plus shipping included at theprisonerwine.com slash filmcast. That's theprisonerwine.com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T. Offer valid on first-time online orders only for U.S. residents of legal drinking age through 12-31-2021. Other exclusions may apply. Please enjoy wines responsibly. All right. I want to mention another thing I've been watching this week, which is uh, I did something I rarely do. I took Jeff Kanata's advice. You watched only murders in the building? No, that's still on the list. <laughs> you it's watched the, the yeah. other two? Still on the list as well. <laughs> I did. I added that to my HBO Max queue, Jeff. So well, I'm, that's, I'm almost that's there. We're slowly step. making yeah. our way to the to actually watching the thing. But I watched the uh, the Prime Video documentary Val about Val Kilmore. Oh, ah, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that. And I thought this was a beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, I think that. The structure is interesting. You already you've already gone over uh, a lot of it, and I'll try to reiterate as little as possible here. But basically, uh, it's a it's a documentary about Val Kilmer's life as told through home videos that Val Kilmer has shot through the last few decades. Val Kilmer is the OG uh, OG vlogger. Basically, he he was vlogging yeah. before there was even like a flip camera. Right, mm-hmm. he was vlogging when he was using he had to use a VHS camera to vlog. Yeah, and he's been vlogging for decades, and he and tells... Salel Moonfry, evidently. Yes, <laughs> every week we're going to find that another person's been doing this for five, yeah. you know fifty years. Yeah, uh, and it's and uh, he uh, he also writes narration, which his son reads uh, because his voice is uh, not in the greatest shape right now, and it's uh, it's beautiful. It's very reflective, meditative, uh, and I think the big takeaway is that you know Val Kimmer has lived an amazing life, but even an amazing life like Val Kilmer's is not free from tragedy and disappointment. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really my takeaway from it. It was like that, you know, movie stars, you know, we, we have like ideas about them in our heads, mm-hmm. um, but we rarely get to witness them in their fullness. And even this movie, which is I think like about an hour and 40 minutes, uh, I felt like I, I could have watched another hour, another hour and 40 minutes of it yeah. because it it kind of goes like movie by movie through his career, and then, then it like skips a whole bunch of them. And well, yeah, once it gets to the last like <laughs> the, the last ten years, about. it like fast forwards through like all yeah, of them, yeah. and it's like oh, but but like every segment about like Tombstone or whatever, like they're all or, or Batman Forever, they're the all doors, like, yeah, all, yeah, yeah, they're all really interesting. And I'm like, but oh, nothing man, like, on the Snowman, unfortunately. Oh, no. I I don't uh, I don't know if it even mentions that movie. Maybe yeah. it does. But, no, that, that, because the production of that whole thing was kind of uh, because of his voice and the, the issues around that. Like I see, was, I see. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that movie is not prominently mentioned. I do think, uh, Jeff, you also mentioned this, that it is clearly told from Val Kilmer's perspectives. And um, he has had a reputation of being difficult to work with in the past. And I actually think you get a sense of that from the, the, the tapes that's shown. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, uh, but it's, it doesn't really dive into anything controversial about his mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, or, or if it does, it kind of frames him in a relatively positive light. So you should just know that it's from, you know, that the person's perspective that's being documented. But overall, I found it to be quite moving and beautiful. And there were, there were many moments that really struck me that I was not predicting. And um, in particular, and I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to try not to spoil this, but basically like there's stuff he was working on prior to his uh, cancer diagnosis that I had no idea about. And like he was working on this project that I had no idea about. And it goes into what happened with that project in a way that I just thought was just so 
heartbreaking. Um, so yeah, it was really a. It seemed to be a really a labor of love for yeah. him. This project, uh, yeah. and it got you know stolen from him by this this health problem. Yeah, uh, which so, is sad. It's super mm-hmm. sad, um, but it's really well done. Uh, I, I and and um, it, it's very unconventionally made. You know, no talking head interviews or anything like that. Just a lot of home movies. So uh, I really liked it. It's Val. It's streaming right now on Prime Video. All right. Uh, I had one other thing I wanted to mention, but you know, I think I'm going to save it for another week. Um, let's go to Devinder. What are you watching this week? I've been uh, listen. What what I've really been doing is going back and watching the first Halloween and Halloween 2018, which I never saw to prepare for Halloween. Oh, nice! Kill. So that was the main thing. Do you, uh, well, do you want to like, talk about those now, or do you want to wait until the review? Because I, I, I'm I mean, I curious. can leave them in, but uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, what what is there to say? Hall- the Carpenter's Halloween is a practically a perfect movie. It's a movie I've seen many many times, but it's one of those things. Every time I rewatch it, and um, you know, I just did that on my like whole new projector setup. So I, I was noticing more things than I ever did before. Um, the simplicity and just how sharp that movie is, I, I think, is just always astounding. Um, I did not like the 2018 version as much. And mm. we will talk more about this in the uh, in the review of Halloween Kills. I think uh, that that movie and the entire thrust of these new movies is basically rooted in trauma. <laughs> Yeah. And it's really it's all trauma. It's all trauma all the time, baby. And it it I don't quite like what they did with the character of Lori and everything. But hey, I, uh, I like we'll, that we'll they tried to I, I, I like that the the new not Halloween kills, but mm-hmm. the last one, we got to we got to have a better system for referring to these. things. Yeah, guys. I would say that. Is it the 2018 Halloween? 2018 yeah. Halloween. Halloween. The 2018 Halloween, I feel like does a good job of honoring or. or not honor, acknowledging. You you can have your opinion on whether it honors, but it acknowledges that Laurie Strode went through these these terrible things and like tries to use tries to imagine like what would that character be like today? And that's pretty sure. cool. Like a lot of times that kind of stuff is glossed over in movies, you know, like somebody went ah. through an extremely traumatic event and but nope, it's not gonna really gonna affect them. I this, mean, I, do, yeah. I don't know how unusual it is, just because I, I can think of one particular movie where the transformation is very, very similar. And, Terminator uh, 2? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's don't, don't ruin my, you oh, know, sorry. boom goes to dynamite, <laughs> oh, Jeff. sorry. <laughs> that was going to be in the review. But yeah, she, they, they Laura Connor, Laurie Strode, you know, mm. and uh, I don't, I don't know if I quite buy that. It's also just because it seems like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we'll talk about in, in this new movie, but, but yeah, but I, you like the original still. It's still, I think I it still holds up. I think it still holds up and in, incredible film. Yeah. The score is still, it's it, it, an iconic score, right? Like, you just, you hear those notes, you know what that, that movie is. And, uh, I yeah, it's, it's a really amazing movie. So, mm-hmm. I'm glad you had a chance to check it out. Uh, looking forward to hearing what you thought of this new one. But, um, yeah, what else have you been watching, Devendra? I mean, Succession's back. I'm sure we've all seen Succession. And uh, yes. the, the first episode of season three, I feel like we've waited... <laughs> Listen, the world fell apart in between <laughs> seasons of Succession, right? Because actually, the season yeah. it was supposed to be it was supposed to premiere last year, and the filming and everything had to be delayed uh, until now, basically. So Succession, we left Succession but pre-pandemic. We're returning to Succession, like as at least we have vaccines and things are s- starting to get back to normal somewhat, but it's still super dangerous. Um, it, it's just really weird to be coming back to this, but within the first few scenes. It's just remarkable, like how clear 
Ugh. like this show is just on fire. It every, did not disappoint. Didn't disappoint. <laughs> every every single line of dialogue, every Ugh. like clip, every look, every snort from a character, every swear. Um, it's it's just so good. It is so great to see a show like basically firing on all cylinders. And uh, yeah, if, if you're not watching Succe- Succession yet, it is definitely worth catching up because oh boy. The show is just like really, really rocking right now. Dude, so I kept turning to yeah. my wife and going, this show is unbelievable. I, <laughs> every, I cannot believe how good this show yeah. is. Like every five People minutes, will like, say two words. I'm like, that is the most brilliant thing you could write for that particular moment. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, I, like, in the, like you said, in like the first five minutes, I'm like, God, oh, it's yes, it's back. It's back. <laughs> it's and it's back, still it's brilliant back. and perfect. And like, uh, and, and also hilarious in a way. Hilarious. Too, because like, hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, my yeah. only complaint with the first episode was there was not enough Tom, but we made up for it with Greg. So, you know, it, <laughs> there's like, it's yeah, so great. Uh, it so the, the internet, uh, not all of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that oh my whole, God. So that whole that, that, thing. the scene yeah. talking to the president's assistant. <laughs> it's so. Yeah. Perfect. So Ugh. perfect. Their their little like war room in a shitty hotel uh yes. bar, apparently too. Like it's all it's all those things. It's how everything is staged and set, how they're like basically on retreat in <laughs> European cities where you Sarajevo. probably don't want to be because you won't be extradited. Like just those little things I think are hilarious. So, the juxtaposition yeah. between like, you know, uh Logan's war room and <laughs> and um uh um kendall's war room you know like yeah. just the, the kendall's ex-wife's house <laughs> oh so, oh, so good it's, it's so good it's so good uh glad you guys are digging it i'm also a big fan of the show uh it's streaming right now on hbo max and uh, you know i was uh, i saw this tweet from Con- connor ratliff the other day the actor and podcaster and he was saying how it's kind of weird that a lot of and, and but i'm i'm not characterizing his tweet correctly i'm just saying he sparked me to think this thought which Mm -hmm. is like it's kind of weird how uh a lot of media that we are consuming right now that was made during covid is either covid didn't happen or it happened and it's over right (laughs) you know uh and in the case of succession by the way it didn't happen um in the show because the timeline Um, is pre-covid at this point, yeah. Cor- yes, correct. I mean, but it, it, well, wasn't it you, David, who said, like, I don't want to see yes. media? It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. I just, I'm just not used to the world uh, manifesting things that I actually want. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, it's uh, a weird thing because it, it does, it, it is a bit damned if you do and damned if you don't because it does feel a bit weird that we've all, our lives have changed so dramatically <laughs> yes. and that's not reflected in the fictional worlds that we're correct. dealing with. But also... There's a comfort to it. Of There's like, a comfort, okay, and also it kind back. of feels pandering if it is, you know. It, it, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, I, my understanding is, curb your enthusiasm. Season, I think it's eleven. This next one, yeah. um, it will take place in a post-COVID world, <laughs> uh, and I'm actually very excited about that because I want to hear what Larry David has to say about COVID and anti-vaxxers and things like that. Did you watch the previous season of Curb? I haven't. Uh, are you? Because I watched the first episode of it and I went, yeah. Oof. I remember. Oh. I remember at the time it was like, I think we we don't need to hear this guy complaining about these things at this point in time. Was yes. kind of what so you're, it's, you're, yeah. I I am equally eager to check out this new season. <laughs> yes, to just to see if there's 
if it's like, is he going to be doing his same? same it'd, it'd be hilarious if it was just like, in, yeah, in him back to his bullshit of just like minor, <laughs> minor things being entire episode plots. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, because I, it I, could be, it could be a really <laughs> amazing opportunity to like reinvent what that show kind of is. But I don't know yeah. if he's up to that challenge. You yeah. know, at this point, eleven uh, seasons uh, in. I just, I just want to, I just want to cathartically hear him, you know, chew out um, some uh, some anti-vaxxers. That's really all. Yeah, I'm it'd be nice. yeah. you just want to hear um, it. You want, you can visualize <laughs> I it. I want to hear <laughs> my reality reflected on the screen. Yeah. Ten um, episodes my of, thought process. of that. But yeah. in terms of doing shows set during COVID, it feels like you had to do it last year because now everybody is just like, let's let's move on. We're trying to like, like yeah. yeah, look to the light. Let's try to like do something different. Um, it's still around and we're dealing with it. Maybe if there are shows that are being more nuanced about it of like being in this exact time, like, Oh my God, we have the vaccines and people are being very dumb. I would love to see that, but that, yeah. that seems tough because well, by I read the time this, that uh, show comes out, it'll be, it'll be out of date too. Yeah. Yeah. I read the New Yorker. There's a New Yorker profile in Jesse Armstrong, the guy who created succession and, um, he strongly considered making COVID part of the plotline um, for the season, but mm-hmm. it decided not to. Um, decided, you know, let's just pick up where we left off, and and we're not gonna we're gonna pretend like it didn't happen. Um, and it's just like, yeah, I, I I I have no ill will towards anyone who does kind of and, and like either one way or the other. You know, like I think it's an enormously difficult storytelling decision, and you know, uh, mm-hmm. I actually think any art that was made during COVID is a miracle personally. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It just like when they were making, when they were shooting this, this was pre during the time um, when they had vaccines. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they had to be just so careful with everyone. Uh, but they and, did, they did shoot some last year too. Apparently uh, in, because in 2020, that's what I'm saying. In 2020. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. They, they shot a bunch of it um, in a time pre vaccines and it was pre-vaccine. like a very okay, stressful. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh Yeah. It's interesting too that uh, you guys saw, I'm sure saw the news that why the last man got canceled pretty quick. Uh huh. And I yeah. I suspect that is that people are like I don't want to watch a show about fucking end of the world. I, th- I think yeah. it's more like Hulu is awful at uh, marketing some of their shows. Like there is so much good stuff on Hulu, but uh, I have not seen much stuff for like Reservation Dogs in terms of like yeah. getting the word out there beyond critics saying the show is really good. And why the last man is like reviewed, like people are like, Hey, it's good. It could get better. And it needs that room to grow maybe. But yeah, certainly I, I think it's mostly, I think, you're, bo- I think you're both right yeah. guys. Yeah. yeah. I would suspect, right, but... suspect subject matter has a significant part. Of we, that first episode watching is pretty so disturbing. Things. <laughs> I will just say my subjective experience of Hulu is, Every time I log in, it's like I'm logging into that app for the first time. Exactly. <laughs> Meaning the, the interface well, is awful. It's hard to tell what's new. Yeah. Yes. yes. It's hard to tell what's new. It's, Agreed. It, 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 whatever it serves up to me, seemingly it doesn't factor in any previous decisions I've made. But you want Don't you want to watch La Brea? <laughs> I, I, oh man! Like, I, I Check out La Brea, bro. La Brea. Check it out. La Brea, the mid- show where somebody literally <laughs> was sitting in a coffee house in LA. It was like, I need a, I need a plot. For my lost ripoff, and they look out the window and they see the tar pits, and they're like, "Eureka! It's right there! It's right there!" Hulu thinks I want to watch that real bad. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
so anyway, sorry who, to cut you off. Kind of a challenge. No, no worries. Kind of a challenge. But uh, in any case, where were we? Okay, so Succession. Yes, great show on HBO Max. It's a miracle that they made mm-hmm. that any show was made during COVID at all, mm-hmm. uh, let alone one as complex and with as many actors as this one. For sure. And season three has returned, and it's very good. <laughs> I, I will um, say this: you, you can. You, these characters are so fully realized with that you could write the COVID season in your head. <laughs> right of like these people will be the first to get access to the vaccines they'll yes. have the yeah. monoclonal antibodies like they will exist in a world where covid will never touch them because they are like in this bubble of privilege but connor will be a dumbass <laughs> and like really just like lean in on the anti-vax and being independent thing and uh, he'll probably die by the end of the season but hey <laughs> that's, that's how things go or he'll be president who knows <laughs> It's very possible. Yeah, I think it's a great point that it's very possible that COVID wouldn't have impacted any of these people anyway, right? No. Um, uh, at least not significantly enough for it to to dramatically alter the plot. So, and I gotta say, I I love that it's one episode a week. I I, I really do. You I need love the that time to process. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're all sort of eating it up like you know, delicious morsels from the table and eager for the next one, and nobody's you know binge the whole season in in a, a night and i have to worry about spoilers and it's like it's just it's just as much as i like the netflix model often mm-hmm. it is it's pretty special to have a show this fun to watch and where each episode delivers in such a huge way doled yep. out over time i think it's it's good well i guess this is a bad time to tell you i've seen the first seven episodes on huh, jeff <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How dare you? The, I'm just, the critics have I, reviewed everything. I kid, I kid, I kid. But, uh, but yes, I I would agree with you that I, I I sense a lot of like positive will towards the show in a way that, like, there's just this, when I when I see people talk about it online, there's just this like unrestrained glee about it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that is very energizing, and uh, I think you should. Well, be part certainly of it. within the circles we probably also yeah, just exist sure. in, like within the media world, I think the. The big hook there is that it it is like just candy, you know. It's popcorn for people who exist in the space and understand like what a what a media you know um, moderator, you know, somebody basically doing what Greg was trying to do, uh, <laughs> what that kind of job is. The the perils of social media, the way these networks work, the way like broadcast media works. Like, there's so much going on in here where the people overall, media online, offline, whatever, can get something from the show. So that's the big pull. And it's also, it's hilarious. It's so funny. So speaking funny. of, uh, wandering into a, a show at a, or a movie at a different time. Um, <laughs> one of my friend's friends, uh, started watching the season premiere and they were like, Oh my God, this is so interesting. They're doing all these flashbacks the first season <laughs> o- only to realize that they had accidentally put on the season premiere of <laughs> season yeah. one of succession. I, d- I did that too. Actually, the uh, evidently, uh, HBO max forgot that I had ever watched that show. Yeah. Uh, just actually, completely same. forgot. And when I pushed resume, it, it started the season episode one season one. I was like, this is not right. <laughs> but I, I, yeah. I realized it quickly. Trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I feel I feel like we're like no, like mildly tech savvy guys, you know, on this podcast. And the fact that we are having difficulty navigating yeah. these streaming services. The apps are bad. Re- Everybody, oh, the Peacock I, app is terrible. Everything is bad. Can I yeah. tell you what happened to me with the Peacock app? Tell okay. me what happened with the Peacock app. Uh, Where yeah, did the Peacock I, hurt you? I, I'm going to point you right at the Peacock. Um, the the <laughs> the uh, you know I had what. Evidently, Roku considers to be a subscription to Peacock, uh-huh. which is the uh-huh. free subscription. And so I wanted to watch Halloween Kills in the comfort of my own home. And so I, you know, it's a premium only. 
Yeah. Uh, and so I said, upgrade. And it said, you're already subscribed to this. <laughs> and I said, so, okay, well then let me watch that premium shit. And they're like, no, not, no, can't. And every time I click play on the thing, it said, do you want to upgrade? And I said, yes. And I, and, and as soon as it, it, it asked me if I wanted to upgrade, uh, it would say, no, you're already subscribed, which I guess is a very widespread problem. Cause yeah. I looked on the internet and I ended up having to cancel my, my free subscription <laughs> <laughs> and start a five dollars subscription. Is that a Roku problem, or was it? Are I think it is specific to Roku. Yeah, yeah. You're like, the Roku software. You is, you, is you were uh, like Neo in the Matrix Two. You're you're trapped somewhere between the free world <laughs> and the premium world. Basically, yeah, I, I oh was. I was. I was. Uh, I was minutes away from texting you guys. I don't think I can see this movie in time, <laughs> guys. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, thankfully the cancellation of the free subscription yep. freed up the system to let me it, purchase it, it something. Is, it's amazing how bad some of these apps are. Like the Paramount Plus one is just like, I don't think there's a queue. It's just like, here's all the stuff you've been watching and then all our shit. Like it's, it just feels like it is completely I'm say, disorganized. Yeah. I'm going to say also the Peacock app, I'm, I'm uh, actually was disappointed. I don't want to talk about this during the review, so let's just get it out now. Uh-huh. I was disappointed by the video quality of the of the not movie? good i don't know they if don't you... have 4k and hdr like everybody else apparently and there was yeah. like digital artifacts in the video yeah. i was like watching i was like what is... i like no matter That's how blood. bad any of the apps get i'm like at least the video quality is good you know you're like get this shit off my oled uh, yeah, it was, like, it was like this is this this looks weird. This doesn't look there. How, how, how do you expect fifty million dollar opening weekends, buddy? Yeah, it's a better experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. just lower that to four eighty p. Yeah. One one weird thing, and this just really applies to some press people, but Disney, the company Disney, screwed up my Disney Plus subscription, <laughs> and for weeks I could not watch Disney Plus. It was a whole. It was a whole thing. Like I call, I contacted customer service. I was con. I was like talking with people for hours to try to fix my account. Like it just was broken. It all goes back to like when Disney Plus, uh, the press office gave some journalists um, a free free access to the Jungle Cruise, mm. and uh, apparently that movie broke people's accounts. So it's not just me. It's like <laughs> other people, like Matt Patches and a bunch of other folks. Uh, we we were all just like talking. Like, is this? Is, is your Disney Plus just dead for no reason and nobody can fix it? So that was weeks that I could I could not watch the Star Wars and whatnot because of <laughs> Disney's own errors. So you they, could not see a it's Star all Wars a mess. during that. It's time. all a mess. Well, that was your hippo. problem was accepting a free Jungle Cruise. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, never, never, so never <laughs> take the Jungle Cruise. You have only yourself to blame. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, thank you so much for coming to our latest segment. Old men complain about technology. <laughs> old men, really appreciate it. Really, appreciate this is it. the te- you know. Everybody has to use this stuff. This stuff should be better. We should demand better, okay? You hear that, millennials? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Jeff, we're we're millennials. You're mm. you're not. Sorry. Sorry. Gen X for life. <laughs> I mean, by Let's definition. move on to yeah. what Jeff Kanava's been watching. Hey, it's time to tell you about our sponsor, HelloFresh. Oh, I love HelloFresh. When you get HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit, and it's why I've been a subscriber to HelloFresh for literally years. Years. Why? Because now I love cooking. HelloFresh is the reason I love cooking. It's because I can provide for my family. I can cook. 
I've got these great recipes. I can create variety in the menu for my household. And I can be the one who prepares the meal with fresh ingredients. Fall can be hectic. But HelloFresh's recipes save time. Save time that you'd otherwise spend on meal prepping, grocery shopping, and shopping so you can focus on getting back into a new routine and spending quality time with the family. That's what I love about it. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week, including vegetarian, calorie smart, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. And the ingredients travel from the farm to your door within a week, so you get the convenience without skimping on the quality. I love it. HelloFresh also isn't just for meals. Their marketplace features a variety of snacks like this fall's pumpkin cinnamon rolls to get you in the mood for cozy season. And you get better value. HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than grocery stores with pre-portioned ingredients that ensure you won't spend money on excess food while also saving you a shopping trip. This has become my way of life and my family's as well. We get it every single week. I have so much fun on the app, picking out the recipes for the coming weeks. And then when we get them, I get to cook for my family. I know it's going in the food. I know we're not eating a bunch of garbage. I know it's fresh ingredients and I love it. It's delicious. Check it out yourself. Go to hellofresh.com slash filmcast14 and use code filmcast 14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmCast14. Or use the promo code FilmCast14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Jeff, what are you watching? Well, uh, I want to start just by quickly mentioning that I saw Dune. Yes. I w- went to a... Uh, uh, press screening of Dune, uh, and I will not mention anything because we will be reviewing Dune uh, soon, <laughs> but um, I, I, I <laughs> You're really pleased with yourself with that one. I huh? am, I am. You gotta have the liquid <laughs> you. Uh, the, um, the, the thing that I've been hearing from folks uh, on, on the Twitters is mm-hmm. whether it is worth uh, going to see Dune mm-hmm. in IMAX. Yes. And I did see Dune in IMAX and I will say yes. See Dune. The biggest the in biggest IMAX. screen you can find. That, that is my one tip. In IMAX, yeah. there's a lot of IMAX in Dune. See Dune in IMAX. See Dune. All right. You want you want that movie to be on the biggest screen you can find because like real life just does not compare once you get out of that movie. That's the thing. Yeah, you want you want it to be large, you want the sound to be cranked. Uh you want to have a good a good projection. It's uh, it's dark outside the theater. Dark scenes. Projector outside the theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you want to have <laughs> ideally a projector in a different room than you're in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that's Dune. We'll, we'll talk more about it uh, soon. Um, I have also been seeing. Speaking of FX on Hulu, guys. Remember how uh, much I wanted you to see Only Murders in the Building and the other mm-hmm, two, mm-hmm. and I keep begging you guys to watch it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the other two's on HBO, by the way. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying now is set those aside. Uh-huh. No. Because <laughs> I need you guys. I, I need. It's not even a want. It's a need. I need you guys to watch the premise. Have you, has, have you guys watched any of the premise? 
I, I've heard of it, but also, how dare you, Jeff? My I'm list is saying, already no, so for the long moment, not for your requirements. Not the, I, I want you to still. Do, I still want you to see only murders in the building and the other two, but I need to talk about <laughs> the premise with somebody. It's a mm -hmm. need, and you uh -huh. don't even need to watch. It's five yeah. episodes. This is BJ Novak's show on FX on Hulu. Yeah, it's five episodes. Each I'm looking one, this up on uh on. Let me just say no, no. IMDb don't read anything right about it. No? Don't read anything <laughs> about it. Do not read these episode titles. They're like, oh, don't okay. read up. Don't read any. Don't read plots uh, summaries. Don't read synopses. How would I know what I'm getting into, Jeff? I'm not unsullied. Don't. I need to know. <laughs> Take it from me, dude. Just trust me for once. You don't even. Okay, it's five episodes. Each episode is an anthology series. Each episode. Uh -huh. Completely different cast, completely different story, self-contained. I think all of them are about 30 minutes. Five episodes total. You could, uh, as I did, you could binge all of them in a, in a sitting. But you don't even need to watch all of them. What I need is for you to watch episodes one, three, and five. <laughs> the, the odd ones. Yeah. Yes. Two and four. Two is, is good. It's very dark. Very mm. dark. But mm. I think two and four are skippable. Two is, uh, two is good. Two is good, but it is very dark. Yeah, I'm. I'm just looking at the cast list. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. I want to see these people. Uh, dude, yeah. yeah, one episodes one, three, and five. And I need to. I need to talk to you guys about them. I don't want to ruin anything. I don't. I, I don't even want to. So what I will tell you is, about two minutes into the first episode, I realized why the show is called The Premise, because each so. I guess you could kind of describe the premise as a uh, black mirror, except not sci-fi, mm -hmm. right? It's black mirror, but for like social issues, but also funny. It's a, it like very, very funny, very dark, funny. Um, I, I re Dave, I really don't want you to read anything. Avengers already a lost cause, but I really don't want you to read anything. I just want you to go, <laughs> watch the You're episodes. Just moving on from Avenger to me, <laughs> yeah. Well, Avengers yeah. okay. already just a, I, I, a I'm actually admission. on board because I know there there are things about this that I, I would be into. Yeah, that's how this works, Jeff. That's how you get people to watch things. What about just asking them to watch things? <laughs> How about you, you just trust Jeff me? as a human being? He's just a no. boy standing in front of a podcast yeah. asking them to watch things. Jeff has used up his two slots in my uh, <laughs> just trust me <laughs> list. So now, now it requires effort. Now I got to justify it. I see. Well, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you can sort of describe it as, as Black Mirror. Um, but I, I had a better way of describing it. And now, it, now it's left in my brain. Um, <laughs> what, just... Oh no! Oh yeah, here it is. Here it is. No, okay, the better yeah. way, I think, the better, especially episodes one, three, and five. The better way to describe it, I think, is, uh, what if you made a, a sketch, like a comedic premise, but played it out completely straight? Like, what mm -hmm. if you actually create took a a like Saturday Night Live level comic sketch premise, right? But but applied dramatic sensibilities, high production value, great acting, and like just thought it through and went, what? What's the result of that? It is so funny, I think. <laughs> and it's so smart. I think the show is brilliant. Each episode starts with BJ Novak in front of a white screen, like introducing uh, the things kind of cheekily. Uh, yeah. One of them, he's just like, 
So he's Twilight zoning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 like with like comedic sensibility. One of them, he starts and he's like, "You don't even need me to say anything. You just wanted to see me to reassure you that I'm here." And then it starts. Another one, he's like, "Hey, you know how most shows they're you you hear about them and you hear they're great, and then you realize there's like 400 episodes to catch up on. I would never do that to you. This is one episode. You can just watch it right now. I mean, it's just like it's kind of a goofy start, but." The episodes are so smart. They're so beautifully acted. I I don't, I want to say more so badly, but I'm going to re- hold myself back because the premises, like when you, when you get to the hook of each episode and you go, is that really what this is about right now? It's, <laughs> it's, it, I think the show is utterly brilliant, brilliant. The premise on FX on Hulu. All right, okay. that's the premise on FX on Hulu. Terrible name for SEO, by the way. Just put that yeah. out. Terrible name. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's it's a, a terrible name. When I saw the little, uh, the little thumbnail for it, I was like, "There's no universe where I, I want to watch this." But again, this was a, uh, this was a uh, hashtag slash tag yeah. uh, triumph because enough people were like, "Jeff, you got to watch this." That I, I checked it out, and the first episode, I was like, "Oh my god." They went there, and they stayed there. It's unbelievable. It is so funny, and so dark, and so interesting, and so brilliant. I, I, I'm like bowled over by the show. And I know Dave's going to come back and be like, "It sucks," but I, I, I still wow. want to have the conversation. <laughs> I want to have the conversation so bad. You're, you know, you, my my wife does this thing where she'll. Uh, She'll she'll say something to me. She'll ask me a question, and then she'll imitate me responding to her, <laughs> but do it in like a yeah. very unflattering way. You uh-huh. know? That sounds yeah. like a podcast idea. It'd, it'd be like Just go her. go go see the premise. Oh, I don't want to go see it. It seems too, sounds too happy for me, you know, or something like that. <laughs> That She'll just like, like one you. woman podcast right there. Yeah, <laughs> it'll make me completely unnecessary in the conversation. Yeah, um, that's what that just felt like just now, Jeff. You're like, yeah. I, I know Jeff's gonna, uh, David's gonna hate it, but you got to watch it. Yeah, um, oh, I don't really like it very much, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, well, that's what we've been watching this week. That's what we've been watching this week. Uh, let's get to weekly plugs. We're gonna do weekly plugs. Weekly plugs, the part of the show each week where we plug something else that we've created that's not the film cast. I'll start. Uh, I am doing a succession recap podcast with Tara Ariano from the Extra Hot Great Podcast, where we are diving in depth every week to uh, succession, thinking about its themes, thinking about uh, who is winning at the game of succession. You can check that out at successionpodcast.com or just search for the sweet smell of succession anywhere podcasts can be downloaded. That's, That's my a pretty good plug. title. Great Thank title. you. You guys should really Appreciate pat yourselves on the back for that. Great yes. Title. I think that was a Tara, uh, d- you know, development. I think she came up with that, but yes, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. I already figured this out. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. The, uh, uh, the other thing I'm impressed with, with, uh, with the first episode of season three is, is how they've managed to make it still about the succession. 
you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, even mm-hmm. this far in, it's like he's still just dangling succession in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I'm curious to see how they're if and how they're going to change up the status quo this season. So yeah. they got they got it. Yeah. Divinder Hardware, your weekly plug. I want to shout out the latest episode of the Engadget podcast. Um, the, the big title is actually it's a review of the Apple Watch Series 7. But we also dove into Twitch's big hack uh, with Manda Farrow from the Virtual Economy podcast. So it, that that thing happened. I don't know if if you all realize the extent to which Twitch getting hacked is is wild and crazy because like the the entire site, everything, source code, data records, everything going back several years, uh, basically is out in the wild uh, thanks to this hack. So Amanda helped us figure out like what was going on, what it revealed, and uh, Twitch is kind of a big deal, guys. We, we talk about box office and stuff, and like you know where the future of entertainment is going. So much of it, and you know this, Jeff, is Twitch and streamers, and yeah, uh, yeah th- this does not seem good. It doesn't seem great for the biggest platform to be basically asleep at the wheel when it comes to security. So it was a good conversation, and I think it's worth checking out if you are into Twitch or anything like that. Jeff Kanata, your weekly plug? This week, this Wednesday, the 100th episode of The Dungeon Run streams live on the aforementioned Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash the dungeon run. It's our 100th episode, which is a, a big milestone for us, not the least of which because we were only originally contracted to do 10, <laughs> and we have done 10 times 10, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. And I have to say, you do not need to have watched a single episode to enjoy episode 100 or any episode. I do a recap at the beginning of each of the episodes. This is a, a big storytelling, a, 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 an epic fantasy tale with five adventurers trying to save the world. Uh, and it is serialized storytelling, but we do a previously, like, uh, previously on type recap at the beginning of each episode. So you can jump right in at any place, join the awesome community that we have built that actually impacts the show. Last week's episode 99 was a real jaw dropper uh, there was some huge, surprising stuff that happened at the end. Uh, and people love the show. So uh, I wish more of our film cast listeners would give it a shot. Twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run or YouTube or as an audio podcast, either of those places you can search for The Dungeon Run and find all of our episodes. A few other plugs I want to mention. Um, first of all, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash film podcast is the way that you can do that. Uh, last week we reviewed Squid Game. A lot of people became patrons uh, to listen to our take on Squid Game. Thank uh, you. Was, really, yeah, thank you. I, I uh, thought it was a solid episode that we did about Squid Game. Next week on the After Dark, we're going to be reviewing Midnight Mass, the Michael oh Flanagan boy. miniseries that's on Netflix right now. Um, so uh, that those episodes are available exclusively to patrons at the ten dollar and up tier over at patreoncom podcast. Um, so we really appreciate everyone's support. Never donate to us any money if it in any way causes you financial hardship the main show will always be free and if you want to support us without donating any money at all it's very easy to do that all you got to do is go to apple Podcasts, leave a star rating or a review it really does help us out one last shout out to hashtag slash tag that's how you can suggest ways uh, or things for us to watch on twitter all right those are our weekly plugs let's get to our review of halloween kills my grandmother was right. The boogeyman was real. It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? <laughs>
not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight. I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victim, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down. That was from the trailer of Halloween Kills, the new film by David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green, by the way, what a career that guy's had. Huh? It is like, it is wild that this guy yeah went from like prestige indie dramas. Like I remember seeing some of his earlier films, um, to stuff like Your Highness. Yeah. You know, and, and then this, yeah. Comedies and then just hardcore horror slasher movies. Um mm-hmm. it's usually but, the other uh, way around, right? Usually people start in a hardcore horror or you know, yeah. get to kind of get their get their uh you know, their directorial debut in, in the horror genre and then move on to other things. But it's interesting the inverse of that. I'll read the plot summary from IMDb. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. Really, really detailed plot summary there. Yeah. Uh, All right. So Halloween Kills. Devendra, you mainlined the Halloween series this week. Got to see uh, the early days, recent reboots. What did you think of Halloween Kills? Yeah, this movie feels like a mess, guys. And... um... I'm really confused about whatever happened here. I think a lot of the problems with this movie do stem from the 2018 reboot. And I know a lot of people really like that. You know, I've actually, I've been meaning over the past few years to give that a shot and I just didn't really have time until this week. And, um, I guess I could see, like, I didn't see too many people complaining about the things that annoyed me about that movie and the sort of thing of like how Laurie Strode's character is really like, she, she is just walking, talking trauma. That's all she's done for 40 years, basically. Um, and the mo- that movie kind of addresses certain things. Like, um, this dude just killed four people, you know, in, in this one town. And I can understand why she's traumatized, but also that movie also sets up the idea that affects this movie of the entire town kind of being, like, stained by, by these killings and everything. Like, it just seems um, to small scale to a point, even though that this town turned it into a legend. And I think this movie actually starts off very interestingly because um, it starts off right from the other movie. So maybe um, for a lot of folks reviewing it too, maybe you're coming after this um, several years after seeing the last one. And like you're, you, you want things to move forward more. You want more momentum. I felt like this movie was just being a serviceable like middle entry, you know, in, in like their proposed trilogy. Um, sort of like the two towers or something. So I didn't mind that the plot wasn't really put like being pushed forward much. I think the kills were really interesting. The stuff around the town and tr- trying to like rally people together was really cool. It just feels like it all falls apart towards the middle and the end. And we'll talk about stuff in spoilers. Uh, this this movie definitely made me think like, guys, I under I understand the thing. Like he he is you know the manifestation of evil we've done so many things to kill him and nothing can stop this movie is people so many times getting the one up on Michael Myers and just like stopping before like decapitating him or like really just like, you know, just put the finishing touches on this guy because he has killed so many people by this point. Um, So I think that part of it started to really annoy me, but yeah, this movie just feels like a mess. Um, I am not a big fan of like how Laurie Strode is basically just trauma. Like they're, they're, they're not really doing much with that other than that being like a character trait for her, you know? And for, yeah, for Laura Connor, 
maybe I could, uh, Sarah I could, Connor, Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. Yeah. Sarah Connor for Sarah Connor. I can, I can buy that a little more, right? Because it was a dude from the future and there was a killer <laughs> robot and he yeah. impregnated her to have the, oh, the, the Messiah of the future. Like that was a big, big, yeah, deal. but nobody had a spooky mask on. Nobody had a spooky mask and kill people with a carving knife, you know? And, um, yeah, it, it just feels like it, it is weird. Like how that movie elevated what Michael Myers did. I guess all these things have to, you know, yeah, well, we're, we're doing let's this. Talk about because that. Of that. Let's yeah. talk about the, the 2018 Halloween for a moment, if we may. Yep. Um, cause I don't have that problem with it. I think there is something to the idea. I, w- one thing I think that the last few years have shown us in a variety of different settings is that people are living with different traumas all the time. Yes. And sure. I think that there is something that, that part of the movie did not bother me at all because I think uh, it, it is not outside the realm of possibility that somebody could be impacted by, again, uh, four killings doesn't sound like that many compared to a normal movie, but like <laughs> if it's happening in your house or, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. where it's you all are, your like, friends, it's exactly. all your friends. I can understand and, yeah. why that would dramatically impact someone for the rest of their lives. Um, and I thought the depiction of that was really interesting because it, it's, it's it felt really like, one note to me. Like that was the thing. Like that's well, all she was. Well, I think, I think the, the big thing that I ask myself watching that movie, the 2018 Halloween is what is the movie trying to say about it? Because basically, mm-hmm. Every decision that Laurie Strode made is justified in that movie, right? Like it, it is. She, she becomes extremely uh, kind of survivalist, protectionist, and uh, and the result of the movie again, 2018 Halloween, which which I am going to spoil right now. Um, it justifies her decisions uh, because yeah, I, I she, don't know if that's necessarily great either. That's what like, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I'm I'm saying like I don't know that because I think like you know this is this is the kind of thrill that. Um, slasher movies offer us is this mm-hmm. cathartic idea of um, we have these fears, we shape our entire lives around them, and then by the way, it was okay that you did that. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. the comfort of it's okay that you did that because it, in, in in the end, your fears were totally justified. That's kind of yeah how how I how I felt about whatever the message of Halloween could be. Now maybe I'm completely mis misreading that movie, but. I don't know. That's why it's it felt weird. like that, that, that is the emotion I was left with coming out was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. thank God Lori outfitted her whole house to be like a home alone. Thank God she destroyed situation. her life and ruined <laughs> her daughter's life and just really like became a flaming wreck of a person because of this, this one experience, you know, thank God for that. Um, yeah. To, uh, that, that just felt, it felt a little sour to me. Like I, I was just not a huge fan. It felt simplistic in a way where even that movie, has characters telling her like, uh, please, like, please seek some sort of like PTSD treatment. Like, please do something. Um, and I, ideally I what you want is to see a character do that and then, or something, uh, and then yeah. come to peace with it. But then it's not a Halloween movie, you know, like it's, it's another movie or, or even or be could, like, or it could be a Halloween movie. It'd just be very different. Right. So I don't know. More yeah, a Thanksgiving I, I, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Divindra, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's fine. And okay. uh, so, yeah, I think watching that one, which a lot of people liked, a lot of people like the 2018 movie. And I feel like I dislike that one more than other people, even though this movie feels like a mess. Um, it's a fun watch. You know, if you if you just want to see Michael Myers go around, kill people in creative ways, like it certainly delivers on that um, in more creative ways than I think he's ever done. It's almost like it's, it's Michael Myers, like fetish porn at this point, because like every situation exists for him to just like brutally murder people. Um, And whatever, like you could say, like, is this guy human? I I don't know what's, what's driving him here. I I don't know. 
this movie doesn't make any of that clear. My one thing is you have like 50 people surrounding him. <laughs> don't do not do the horror, the Hong Kong movie thing where it's just like everybody takes their turn taking a swipe at Michael Myers. Like, cut his head off. Dismember him. This man is a terror. Do something. I love the idea. Right. I love yeah. the idea of Devendra in this situation, just like <laughs> sawing away at the neck. Like we listen, got, listen. got Who's with me? And they're in like, this oh, movie, they, they will like punch him once, and he lays down. They're like, "Well, that's the end of that chapter." <laughs> Several times. I'm like, guys, have, right. what have well, you learned? Let's from talk Michael about ordering spoilers. But Jeff Kanata, I want to hear what you thought of Halloween Kills. Well, Dave, <laughs> I guess you could say what I thought of Halloween Kills is best summed up in the form. Limerick. All right, hit me. There are enough fun and clever scenes that deliver some dopamine, and the central conceit makes these tricks a treat. So I had a happy Halloween. Wow. So I liked it. It's, I, had a good time it's good. I had a good I could time. not have predicted. Could, I is, literally, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm in that shock. That is wild right to now. me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I go, had a good go time ahead. with this movie. I really, I'm as shocked as anybody, frankly. I also feel like that, that should go in your Gene Shalit uh, list of uh, limericks, basically. <laughs> <laughs> These tricks are treat. I don't know. I can't do a Gene Shalit. <laughs> yeah. um, the, <laughs> what are tricks and treats? Is that how he talks? I don't know. No. Um, what? Agonizing. <laughs> Was, I, whatever that was. No, 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 you're hurt. right. That was, I was doing my David Chen. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, Jeff. It's terrible. I, yeah. I, I'm, Spot I would on. be insulted if I wasn't seething with rage right now. <laughs> yeah. You turned him into a character from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I was shocked at how much fun I had with this movie. Uh, I thought that I, I really dug the fact, as you mentioned, Devendra, that it literally takes place the moment the last movie ended. And it it's cool that, like, you know, the idea of this is every Halloween, Michael Myers, you know, comes out to play. And... Here it's like, no, it's the same freaking Halloween. It's like, it's still this Halloween. It's still it's Halloween 2018. Yeah. And it sucks more. You know, it's like this, this Halloween is still, it's still happening. The, from the last the few years ago's Halloween is still, it, it's, it's, I, I thought that was clever. And I yeah. liked, I mean, despite the fact that literally like the first, the first scene of this movie is like undoing something pretty big from the last movie, which is pretty funny. But, um, <laughs> I uh, I thought it was a cool kind of um, turning the premise on its head. Uh, I don't want to get too into it, but it's it like Michael Myers is the hunted, right? And and I think that kind of carries through from the the last the 2018 movie, which was you know we're gonna have this woman who was the victim turn into the the you know the hunted is the hunter, right, right, and now right. it's like kind of the whole city is that, which I I thought was was an interesting idea and allows this horror movie to kind of express a little bit of a more broad theme, you know, as, as a lot of genre stuff does, it's kind of speaking in metaphor and, and, um, and having actually something fairly interesting to say. I mean, it's not profound, but I, I, I was surprised at how much fun I had. I think you're right. The kills are, it's a movie that like is clever and kind of 
Mm-hmm. I, I I dare to say even a bit smart at times. Listen, but David totally... David Gordon Green is a master at staging some really glorious and gory shots, but also beautiful images of just yeah. supreme violence, like reflections on the firefighter masks and things like that. Like yeah, he, he's and, and a like, very good director. Yeah, and, and like little little scenes, little self contained vignettes that have a beginning, middle, and end that are really entertaining. Like you're in somebody's house for a little while and you're hanging out with them and then Michael Myers comes in and there's a whole like little scene that happens. I, I just thought that was, I, I enjoyed those. And it, so it it's kind of smart and it does some interesting things, but it totally doesn't take itself too seriously either. The kills are humorous. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fun callbacks to a lot of, a lot of, uh, stuff from the original 70s movie that kind of comes back and is referenced upon i don't know i i'm shocked yeah. as you guys but i i enjoyed this movie i had a good time it it kind of does exactly what i would want from a, a slasher mm-hmm. movie which is you know big goofy kind of gory fun but not insult my intelligence i think I, I feel like this one by the way you can tell it was co-written by danny mcbride yeah more than the other one like it does lean more into a lot of like just hilarious comedy bits at times. Yeah. Well, I was not as big of a fan of this one as you were, Jeff. Uh, let me tar- start by talking about what I liked about it though. Uh, here are a couple things I like. One is I think they really nailed the look of Michael Myers in this movie and the last one. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. just like the, the mask that's kind of, there's more definition in the mask than in the original Halloween series. It's all kind of like burned off. feels like kind of like, burned off and like it's been through some stuff yeah distressed yeah Yeah, distressed yeah um and you know the the michael myers performance itself like there's obviously like really great um physicality to it i think he's played by james jude courtney who's credited as the shape in the uh in the credits uh the other thing that i think is kind of interesting is you know the movie is playing with some really interesting ideas and one of those ideas is that people try to make sense of trauma and horror that they've experienced. Um, and th- that's what these characters are doing, specifically the character of um, Danny, right? Uh, no, sorry, Tommy Doyle, played mm-hmm. by Anthony Michael Hall, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was a kid in the original film, and he clearly has shaped a lot of his life and purpose around uh what happened uh, you know with the killings the original killings from the uh from the 19 uh 78 film yeah well it's like but, it's like everybody it's same thing with um um you know um what's her name Lori Lori Strode what's Lori Strode yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it it feels like the theme of this trilogy whatever it is is that you know like kids who are terrorized they want to grow up and sort of dominate that terror and and, right, and it's right. about these adults trying to reckon with the thing that happened to them as kids which i thought yeah was interesting. but what's interesting is that the shape michael myers like he doesn't give a shit about any of that you know like he, it's not like he's like i'm here to ruin right tommy doyle's night you know what i'm he's saying just like a he of just nature. has his own yeah he has his own stuff that he wants to do like it's he's a force of nature he's going to do a thing and anything he gets in the way he's going to kill and he, that's basically he, he is it. the Simpsons thing. Like I'm going to walk in this direction and just swing my arms. <laughs> yes. And if you're in my way, you know, you're, you're going to get killed. And that's right. That's um, right. he's an unstoppable I, force heading in one direction, you know, and it's like, uh, whatever gets in the way, God help you. But be, yeah. And, and I just thought that's a kind of interesting idea that like, that so many of us, right. Th- uh-huh. Like terrible things happen to us and we try to make sense of it. 
but the the thing that caused it often doesn't even think about us or sure. maybe yeah. it can't think maybe For it's him, a, it was tuesday you know a, yeah maybe, maybe it's, it's a, a brainless a, virus that's yeah maybe of... it's a series of molecules that like has yeah. no per, like no objective or purpose other than multiply you know like mm-hmm. and um and you know that idea is kind of cool yeah what, uh, what last, did, yep, last week by the way i just wanted to mention real quick like last week i brought up the idea about to 10 being sort of like what if you're trying to humanize michael myers people brought up to me that the rob zombie halloween movies basically tried to do that and i've never seen those but i just going especially after this trilogy like i'm or these two movies i'm not interested in that at all right because like, it I gives michael the, myers like a more detailed backstory you don't need basically. it yeah. yeah the carpenter movie is is most effective because he's just like this unstoppable force you know that's what's terrifying I think that's true of almost every big horror uh, person. I mean, Jason's the same way. Like, I don't care who Jason is or where he comes from or what. But at, least, at least he's like, Jason's like the product of witchcraft and supernatural stuff. Michael Myers <laughs> is just a dude, you know? <laughs> well, I, I don't think yeah. that's true anymore. Not anymore. Not after yeah. this movie. Yeah. Mm. Well, anyway, what I didn't like about the movie, pretty much everything else. Um, <laughs> it felt like... I didn't understand what tone the movie was going for. Yeah. Because on mm-hmm. the one hand, you have these incredibly medically accurate kills. <laughs> like what, what feel like extremely anatomically correct kills. For sure. I, d- I don't uh, know if a fluorescent uh, bulb would really withstand what he does with that, but yeah. you know. But the, yeah. ul- it, it, the, the kills feel ultra realistic. And then there's other times in the movie that feel like incredibly campy and over the top. And... Uh, it it mm-hmm. I felt it was it felt cruel to me the the movie felt cruel to me in a way that I don't recall the first one feeling that way you know well, I mean the, yes the, the first, first one really me the nineteen eighteen the twenty eighteen movie opens with him just like breaking a child's neck yeah he, he does know? murder a father and child in that movie but yeah I think I do think that on the whole the first one is not as graphic as this one. And just in terms mm-hmm. of how gory the kills are, I mean, I think there's something along the lines of over 30 kills in this movie, which is like one kill <laughs> every single minute. Town. Basically. There's nobody. And so, yeah. So it's just, it just is like, it just feels to me like I didn't understand exactly yeah, what yeah. this movie is trying to do because I didn't, I certainly didn't have fun with it, and yep. um, and I, f- I feel like some of the themes were uh, missed in execution. Uh, not necessarily in concept. I think like the, the concept of some of the themes is, is good, but uh, I, I didn't like the execution. And in particular, this movie robs the 2018 film of its main power, which is the relationship between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Uh, that relationship and the dynamic basically doesn't exist in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurie Strode is incapacitated for most of this movie. And so the one one of the coolest things about that last movie is completely absent in this movie and uh, I, I found it very disappointing. Go ahead, Jeff. I, I think, I mean, now knowing it's a trilogy or was intended to be a trilogy from the start, yeah. I think that's kind of the point of this one yeah. is that yeah. she realizes, you know, at a certain point that like she's necessary for this dynamic. And I think that's exactly what the third movie is going to be about is mm-hmm. yeah. her realizing that her fate and Michael Myers' fate are inexorably tied. Hopefully uh, this time when she sets up a kill box for Michael Myers, she will confirm the kill and not just walk away. Well, you're like, well, not to walk away when everything's on fire. You know, it's more sure, of an escape sure. than walk away. It's more of an escape. It's also like, you know, sit sit there, just just wait, just wait or something. Like, I don't know. There, there yeah. there's 
there's a lot of things that annoyed me of the basically of the logic of this movie. Whereas <laughs> at least John Carpenter's Halloween is just like, Hey, he kills four people. It is brutal. It is swift. And it's really hard for people to like even, even come to come to terms to that. So it's the amount of kills in this movie also based on like the lack of logic for a lot of things happening and people just basically throwing themselves at Michael Myers and not doing anything different. You know, um, I'm not sure what this group of uh, citizens are going to do with their bats against <laughs> Michael Myers. Um, it all just meant very stupid. There's yeah. just well, so much to say from Devendra about the intelligence of these towns. You guys are going to surround him. With, from uh, their perspective, right. he, he's just a guy. Like, sure. yeah, of yeah. course, an yeah. unruly mob of people armed with bats are going to o- be able to overpower a guy. Uh, like, of why course. Why wouldn't they not? Of course. Especially let's, a 60-year-old guy. You know? Let's get the spoilers. Let's get the spoilers. Uh, yeah. But yeah, o- overall, mixed bag from us here on the film cast. Let's talk about spoilers for Halloween Kills starting right now. Now you're looking for the secret. Can I see this coming? No. But you won't find it because, of course, you're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret. You want to be fooled. That was from the tr- uh, the sorry spoilers. <laughs> my, my, by the way, I just want you to know that I I heard the weird version of the uh, spoiler yeah. bumper when uh, I played it. Um, we did not live stream. Zen- yeah, guys. Zencaster re- like messed it up. But anyway, it's okay. I'm just gonna leave this all in. I want people to know we're operating without a net here. Uh, spoilers. So, so anyway, <laughs> what I was trying to say is basically like. Because I heard the wrong version, it like reprogrammed my brain to think we were talking about the trailer. You know what I'm saying? Uh Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, that's why I'm all messed up now. Anyway, spoilers for Halloween (laughs) Kills starting right now. Um, Okay, couple things that I wasn't a fan of in this movie. Uh, One is that I didn't find the flashbacks to be all that purposeful. Like the, the movie spends a huge amount of time. Do we going need back more to like story? The and ooh, this this different perspective and like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm saying, do we need more backstory for like everything that's happening here? But yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree like these you. these side characters basically that like and and I don't know that there's a ton of like these flashbacks about like oh I could have I could have stopped it and you know um and again going to the message of the movie which is like I I should have killed that guy when I had the chance. Um, Sure. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm, it's completely defensible, um, you know, lesson to take away. But I, I, there's just a lot of time spent on these flashbacks that I, you know, I didn't feel like added all that much to. I, th- to the I main think doesn't it? Um, it tells us how Michael Myers got captured again. I forget. Like the first movie just kind of ends, right. right? And we there's the stuff we don't see, basically. Correct. So they tell correct. you like how Michael Myers got recaptured, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then there's also this second act plotline about the mob and like evil <laughs> dies tonight, evil dies tonight, and and I guess it's supposed to be you know it's supposed to be about like how mob mentality can easily right. spiral out of control. And I do think there are many instances where we've seen that happen in real life, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I, there's definitely a lot there to mine, but just in execution, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. You it seems like, like a weird thing to bring into a Halloween movie, to be honest. So, yes, and yeah. and and the way they did it is they think Michael Myers is this kind of stout, portly, bald dude, yeah, who that looks absolutely nothing like Michael Myers. He does this guy does not look like he could kill anything, um, and so. You know, 
I think that's people the have, point again. People, yeah, people yeah, have argued yeah. like that's that's what makes it so powerful is that if it was someone that looked like Michael Myers, like you could actually understand the mob rage, but because it's nothing like him, um, then you understand how potent the mob mentality truly is. And I don't know. I, <laughs> that is that I, is I definitely the thing I was looking for from a Halloween movie. Yeah. So there's that, but there's also just like it just seemed laughable to me. Like it seemed like rid- like ridiculous to me. I, I I could not take it seriously personally. But Jeff, tell me how it worked for you. I I kind of dug the ambition of it. The the idea that they were playing in in kind of a, a um a moral um allegory place. You know that mm-hmm. I just thought I just gave it. I just kind of respected the the idea that it was trying to do something that wasn't sort of a standard slasher flick idea. And this notion of like the adults are a problem. <laughs> the adults are, are uh, misguided in, in interesting, different ways. I thought that was kind of a cool take. And you know, these movies are so often about a big, scary force killing a bunch of teenagers. And even the reboot was, you know, yes, we have this, uh, you know, tri generational, uh, confrontation with Michael Myers, but it was also an excuse to like still have a bunch of teenagers be the heart of his fury. And mm-hmm. I like that movie. This movie basically isn't that at all. Like it's completely different than any slasher movie I've ever seen where it's literally like everybody's going to go kill the big, the sla- the, the bad guy and they become perverted in in really interesting ways Mm -hmm. i I just thought that was i thought that was clever i'm not gonna you know award this movie you know the the pulitzer but it's (laughs) you know it's not a peabody (laughs) award winner no no but it's uh i just you know i just i just respected how different it was as i was having fun with the 30 whatever it was number of kills (laughs) which guys there's some fun kills in this if you're into kills and i think that's what most people come to these movies for is these, you know, clever, creative kills. The movie delivers on that. I mean, there's a number yeah. of really great, you know, things through eyeballs and people strung up from places. And at one point he just like stabs five knives into a dude. Well, that part was watches. hilarious. He's like I'm practicing like, stabbing. <laughs> like, uh, I still got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. It's, like, it's like Michael Myers can't resist an entire display of knives. You know, he's like, mm-hmm. he's well, I got to use all of these. Which it's one's like, still sharp? You know, yeah, yeah. see what has good weight. Uh, this is a Santoku knife. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. I thought that was genuinely funny where he's just like, She's just watching him go, well, this knife now, well, this knife now, you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, I realize now we're watching these movies very differently, Jeff. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't come to these things for the kills. Uh, what I have always loved about the original Halloween is just like the sheer sense of tension, you know, and there are some brutal kills, um, but it was so it was so sparse. It was just more about like that great opening scene in first person and the way like simple, just very simple filmmaking of somebody standing and watching you out the window can inspire a lot of dread. I really love that. But I guess you got to escalate every time you do a sequel, right? Well, I think that you make a really good point. I, I do think that we are really wanting something different out of these movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up. uh you know, my favorite movie is uh, of this genre is, is, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street three dream warriors, right? That great movie. Great. That movie. is my, yeah. that's my template for a satisfying slasher movie. It's camp. 
it's comedy, it's creative kills. It's I am just not mm-hmm. interested in like actually being scared by the boogeyman at, yeah. at, at night. I mean, there are there are movies, there are good movies that do that. Um, the Orphanage comes to mind as one, mm-hmm. but um, it, you know, a slasher movie to me in its best form is when I can laugh and sort of that sort of nervous laughter that we all have of like, Oh my God, that that is so disgusting, but Oh my God, that was hilarious. Uh, Mm -hmm. Inside something that isn't just stupid on the face of it. Yeah. And I, I found this movie not particularly dumb. Like I thought it was, it was actually pretty smart. I thought all the characters acted in pretty smart ways. I mean, there's a moment where, one of the women who's being attacked like goes and takes a a, a sheet off of a, a ghost and puts a bunch of a, a bunch of bricks inside it to use as a weapon. Yeah. I was yeah. like, "That's pretty clever, lady." Yeah, Nicely that was pretty. Done. That was the smartest thing that happened in the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the rest of the movie is people just running up to Michael Myers and being like, "Why can't I just kill this guy immediately?" Well, um, think man. about the, from their perspective; they don't think he's a supernatural force. They don't, but like, they, they have literally, they literally staged why would a, a bar person... night of people just like celebrating, like basically dealing with their trauma out loud. You know, this guy did literally traumatize the entire, you know, the entire town. So it's like he did have a power over them is the thing. But, but yeah, they, no, he does have a power over them. But but mm-hmm. think about like if you're in that situation and it, there is a, a, a serial killer and you knock him to the ground and then you'd kneel down and start sawing off his head people would think you are insane <laughs> and need to be institutionalized yourself listen, like I, it, I would be like listen didn't we all say to each other evil dies tonight i am just finishing the job stop cutting okay? off his head he's already, he's already dead and then somebody says that michael myers you know whips back up and just kills me in the entire right. mob but, saying but, that so but you're, yeah. you're you have the benefit of knowing you're in in a supernatural horror movie those people think they're in a movie about a guy who killed four people and then broke out again and put on a mask and is walking yeah. around town with a knife like of course yep. you can hit him with a baseball bat and he falls to the ground and you're not gonna chop his you're head like, off okay. you know i'm not saying chop his head off but do do something more than bludgeon him a few times you know like that's, I, I, well i like yeah. I, first of all i like what matt singer wrote about this at screen crush he said while the residents of haddonfield are normally Fighting Michael, uh, nominally Mike fighting Michael uh-huh. Myers. Their true enemy is their own dunderheaded decisions. <laughs> this is a movie where a character gives a big speech about the importance of strength in numbers right before the entire cast splits up into small groups. A little while <laughs> later, a character who heard that very same strength in numbers speech demands everyone he's with wait in the car while he investigates a house alone. Was he just not paying attention? In yet another sequence, two people realize that someone, likely Michael Myers, has broken into their house. They hear footsteps upstairs, but rather than make a run for it, they arm themselves with tiny <laughs> knives and decide to investigate. I won't spoil what happens, but rest assured, Haddonfield Real Estate is going to be a buyer's market for the next few years, end quote. Um, I, those are some great calls. And to, to me, Divinger, the most offensive uh, moment was when uh, Judy Greer yeah. shoves a pitchfork into Michael Myers's back, yep. has the guy freaking dead to rights on the ground, and then and decides they, to pull the pitchfork out. Yep. She you and know? her daughter just walk away. Just walk Again, away. Yeah. Just walk away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, Jeff, I don't, I don't know how, much, how much more does this man need to haunt your mother and your town before somebody is like... <laughs> Let, let, let's just like actually like put this uh put this out but the, it's mythery. ultimately yeah. the movie says none of that would have mattered either you know like they put bullets in him and it's he's true. now it's true. a a 
a, a force that is that is supernatural. I, I'd like be. to see them. Tr- I'd like to see him try with his head cut off, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do this not is real cross this is real Devendra, fixation, ladies and gentlemen. This is really fixation on, De- on Devendra's part. I. I I am not envying my position of defending this movie because I, I again, <laughs> no, no, had pu- fun. no Pulitzer. Right. I just had a, I just had more fun than I expected to have. I had, I had fun with the first half of this movie, and I saw all the reviews saying it's a complete disaster, and it didn't feel like a disaster up until the mob stuff started getting super dumb and the kills just started coming like relentlessly. And it's like nobody, nobody is looking at what this man is doing and just mowing everybody down. They keep going in. For the next fight. And it's just like, I, I don't know. Are they just dumb? I don't know. Do we think that Judy Greer is dead, by the way? That's kind she of is. My, I mean, she, she thinks she, she is her, based on that. She, she had her yeah. throat cut open. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Which is well, a shame. I thought she was not. I don't know if she was purposefully being like not great or kind of like annoying in the first movie. <laughs> only to be only to be like, oh, turn around and be kind of a badass towards the end. I don't know if that was part of her plan. Uh, but this movie, she felt like far more into the flow of whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I thought she was great in both movies, personally. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree. There's not enough of her in this movie. Uh, but it, it did have uh, Chekhov's hospital <laughs> arrival, you know? Uh-huh. Everybody keeps saying, he's on his way here. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be a fun scene where he kills a lot of people <laughs> in a hospital. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. never happened, you know? Yeah. They did spend a lot of time <laughs> talking about how he's on his way to the hospital. Yeah. And he never shows up. Never so. goes to the Any hospital. minute, guys. Any minute. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, Let's oh, just sit here. Wait. Him walking down the hospital, you know, just murdering <laughs> doctors and nurses along yeah. the way. I thought that was yeah. going to be yeah. fun. I think the true final Halloween movie is uh, is basically just Laurie Strode in the season of in treatment. Really, that's that's the only way this ends well for her. Well, I mean, I think they're clearly setting up the fact that she has to die for him to die. God, I don't know. That's what she says straight out. She likes no. She she says it. Says it. She says it. I think I, just, I think Devendra is not dismissing the idea. I think he's just exasperated at it. Jeff, <laughs> I am I'm exasperated and yeah, not no. not fun. Uh, I do appreciate Toby Huss, Mister Toby Huss, being in the 2018 version because he tends to make everything better in my book. So more of him, please. I really liked Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall was good. I thought he was yeah. great. Who knew that that kid would turn out to be like a big bruiser type? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, folks, I think we can all agree. It's pretty impressive that David Gordon Green made a movie. Yeah. You know? Well, anyway. Who would have thought us... I would be the one defending that movie the whole episode? I am completely stunned. Maybe you should watch Tatan. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's I, your punishment. I rena- watch Tatan. <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. He's like, <laughs> go watch Tatan. How dare you? You can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. That's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of The Filmcast. I, of course, want to let you know that you can find more episodes of this podcast at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from adamwarrock.bandcamp.com. For now, not for much longer, but for now. We're really grateful for it. Uh, Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. Our weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross. This episode was edited by Baby Zhang. Next week, we'll be reviewing... Dune on the filmcast. Do you mean Dune in 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 IMAX? We're reviewing it in um, IMAX too, right? <laughs> Dune, Dude. Dune's the next movie. Uh, I'm really excited. It's going to be streaming on HBO Max. It'll be playing in IMAX normal theaters. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. I think if everything goes well, we're going to have a great guest for it too. So really excited about that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. He watched the movies.
pal. 